Welcome to Conscious Conversations. I'm Nitin Garg. And I'm Nick Paladino King. We are transformational coaches from the San Francisco Bay Area. And this is a podcast for people looking to take their lives to the next level. Conversations that lead to real life shifts tend to happen only by chance. We are here to change that. Our mission is to create transformational conscious conversations so that you can experience powerful insights to live a life filled with more passion, purpose, and prosperity. Together with our guests, we will raise the collective consciousness of the planet one conversation at a time. So join us on this great adventure of life by taking a moment to settle in, become fully present, and get ready for a powerful conscious conversation. All right, welcome into another fun episode of Conscious Conversations with myself, Nick Paladino King, and my co-host, Nathan Garg. Hey, today hey. we have Lisa. Hey, hey. Today we've got Lisa Tahir. Lisa, how are we doing today? I am doing so well. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Nitin, for having me on your show. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Lisa is a, a licensed therapist. She's also the author of The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. Uh, she focuses a lot on healing, on personal transformation. We're going to do something fun today. We're actually going to have Lisa run us through a couple of Chiron readings of ourselves, maybe even identify some of our, our own core wounds for the uh, audience <laughs> to hear and for us to learn and grow from. So Lisa, thanks so much for having us on. Uh, we'd love for you to kind of kick it off by doing a little, a short little grounding practice, getting us set, getting us ready, hearing a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then uh, having some fun with uh, the readings you're going to do on our show today. Absolutely. In line with having this conscious conversation, I see us as vessels and vehicles of creating the environment for our dreams to manifest in our lives. And so in the service of that, if you're able, if you're somewhere and able to close your eyes, please do. If not, that's okay. Drop into the awareness of your heart space, the seat of compassion of empathy, of love, and just try to let go of the busyness that's come before this moment, <laughs> as well as whatever comes after, and just opening your heart and mind to receive something for you, an answer to a question, a confirmation of a choice or a path, and we just align ourselves in this vibration of receptivity and openness and unconditional love. And with that coming back to this moment and opening your eyes. <laughs> to let you know, those of you watching, listening, why I wrote this book on healing through self-forgiveness is because I felt frustrated as both a therapist and a person, why we even when we're uh, intelligent, aligned, really where we like to be, want to be in a lot of areas, why might we still experience anxiety or depression more than what would be natural and normal in the course of life's river, so to speak, of a loss, someone passes away, a person, a pet, a relationship, and that that normal grief process. Why do some of us still have these like deep, deep, 
more like <laughs> wounded places within us and feel like we're not good enough and that kind of self-talk that doesn't serve. And so my book is to really help you uncover patterns of thought that might kind of obstruct you believing that you can have what you want and where I'm actually sitting today in my apartment in Los Angeles is a dream come true that I manifested nine years ago and continue to renew on a daily basis, having been born in New Orleans, never living anywhere else, wanting to be in Los Angeles. And I write in my book that I started this journey by living in my office in Mar Vista, Los Angeles, and showering at a 24-hour fitness down the street for a year and a half until I could afford my own residence and really thinking outside of the box. Because sometimes if you wait for all the pieces to be in kind of perfect place, <clears throat> that might never happen and you might lose your momentum or belief in, in having what you want. So for me, I went about it in a really different and unique way. And I live here and I love it and I offer that because I really believe that what you want, you can allow to manifest in your life by viewing things differently. And I wonder what both of you think of that. Well, one of the things that's uh, coming up for me is just uh, this notion of family. You know, there's, um, there's our immediate family, you know, and whether it depends on how loving of a household we were born into. And I was fortunate to be born into a loving family and had some of those basics around, but then there's like this larger family. I feel like that I'm in the process of cultivating and really connecting into these days, whether that's through my work or just uh, you know, a larger community of friends and family. So that some of that was yeah. just expanding our notions of where we create some of those boundaries. I love that insight, Nitin, and it resonates with me. I see our my community is being really global. And while there are people I, I won't meet face to face or be able to communicate like we are today, I still I have a practice of sending love every day and really being open to receive the gifts in various moments when you go to the grocery or or just run your errands, like being aware and open for connections with others and really noticing when they happen, when someone is extra kind, goes out of their way. I feel like that's a manifestation showing you you're right on path, you're right on target. And I know life every day wants to reveal to us these little gifts and showing us, be it a coin on the street or somebody gives you something mm -hmm. and doesn't charge you, you know, and that to me makes life really rich and meaningful. Yeah. Even just a kind smile. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. coming up for you, Nick? Uh, I mean, I mean a lot. I mean, this is obviously right up the the alley of the things that I that I teach and believe as well. And uh, what's coming for me is a line from one of my teachers: "Is whatever you think, say, and do, you man you manifest." I love that. Uh, it's a good one. Whatever you think, say, and do, you manifest. Meaning, we are manifesting all the time, everywhere, yeah. all where. And it's like uh, there's great responsibility that comes with that, and great, and there's great practice and great. Um, patience and and understanding and that can all be developed and learned and and then eventually shared so yeah that that to me is coming up in the realm the realm of manifestate manifestation and just um something i always try to remember is that 
my external reality is, is more or less simply a reflection of my internal reality yes. of how I'm thinking of how I'm feeling of what I'm attracting and creating. And again, there's great ownership there. And that may not, I may not like what I'm manifesting also, by the way, <laughs> And Nick, <laughs> I love totally what you're fine. saying. Yeah. Cause I think that that contrast really shows, reveals what we might be believing for ourselves that, that bypasses conscious thought kind of what what your deeper beliefs are. And that's where my book seeks to, to heal us. And the, the cover of the book, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness core wounding is actually on a spectrum and core wounds are on one end of that spectrum. For those of you listening or watching that experienced childhood, sexual abuse, maybe witnessed domestic violence, experienced physical abuse were neglected, this those experiences leave you with a sense of the world isn't a safe place for you. And that becomes an internal experience that though when you say get older, if the trauma happened in childhood and you're living a life in a new home, in a new city possibly, but you still have that inner framework of life isn't safe for you. And so you you keep yourself, we can only go as far as our largest limiting beliefs allow us to go. And that was a real aha moment for me because having grown up experiencing some abuse and some trauma, I, I was one of those in this, in this space of, you know, feeling like life wasn't all that safe for me, how I had to really protect my heart, protect myself. And I realized that was also keeping me back from the things I most deeply want, meaningful, authentic connection with others. And even knowing that if that includes having my feelings hurt, that that's okay. I have the skills to, I can navigate that. I can take care of myself. And the door of empathy and self-forgiveness really became clear to me because I had harbored judgments towards and against myself. Like I think a lot of us do that we tend to be harsh and critical versus loving and coaching and knowing that life is going to give us like a thousand plus opportunities to do things over and show up differently in the ways we more desire. And we actually get there through through empathy that you actually make sense in the context of your life experience, despite what anyone might've told you before, that there's nothing wrong with you. You might just need to heal some, some wounds if you're on that core wounding side. And on the other end of the spectrum is, is say vulnerability, maybe like an ouch. If you grew up knowing you were loved, feeling really supported, told you can do anything that for you, this Chiron placement might be more of, of like a little ouch <laughs> versus like a deep pain point. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Should it, I? One yeah. of the things I'm noticing just with that in general is, uh, I mean, as much as of course you want to give yourself empathy and create the space for that to come through I, I at least in my experience those undertones are so hidden uh they're so subtle and so part of your default operating system that to first even find that there is a core wound you know let alone even being able to say that it is a wound right you know is is such a massive aha and then, of course, some work can occur, like once you recognize it, I've noticed that even for myself, where I'm like, oh, I notice how in the morning, the first thing in the morning, I'm a little subdued. 
Okay. Uh, you know, and like, <laughs> hey, what's this notion of this subdued? And and then I'm looking forward to like, uh, you know, some way to amp that energy, whether it's through exercise or whatever. But I'm like, wait, why do I need exercise to get myself feeling better energetically? What is happening with my default that I'm waking up that way? And that was a recent realization, even after years and years and years of meditations and, you know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And so that led you to what? It's uh, led me to just make that choice towards happiness. You know, the the instance that I'm up, I'm like, hey, I don't have to carry whatever mood that may be present. I can choose the mood I want to create. Right. Yeah. And I think what you're speaking to, Nitin, if I'm hearing you accurately, is <laughs> that we can choose like, unconditional love is really about I'm going to. I'm going to choose to be happy, to feel well, to 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 choose our feeling state regardless of manifesting conditions, that it's unconditional. It's not based upon our conditions. It's how I choose to feel and what I choose to perceive in my day. And that takes on form the longer you do it. Yeah. And also in my emotions, and yeah. my mood, which may feel like it's inherent. And but that's exactly what I mean. Product of yeah, something else. Yeah, we choose our mood. It, yeah. Absolutely, I believe in that. Like every day, I wake up and I'll say to myself and my cats, "Today's the best day of our lives," and I really feel that that there's that possibility and potential, and just try to notice in between the busyness, being in Los Angeles, the beautiful palm trees, people being kind to me unusually so that I don't expect. And how can I be kind to others? Maybe like ask the checkout person how they are today and, and mean it versus being on a, on my phone or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but I want to get right into yeah. the, I know you're going to take us to a, a Chiron reading and I'm really looking forward to that because it, part of that process is to help identify <laughs> some of these as far as I understand, you know, these undertones that may be present in your life that are not obvious. Yes. And, you know, I'd love to just jump in. Nick, may I start with you with sharing what your placement of Chiron shows and telling our audience a little of what that means? Yeah, let's do it, please. Okay. So y'all, you are most certainly familiar with your sun sign and what's yours, Nick, for instance? I'm a Gemini. Okay, Gemini sign. So Chiron is also in one of the 12 signs, and it's based upon your date of birth, your place of birth. And if you have your time of birth, that reveals the house placement of Chiron. <laughs> and that's not important. If you don't have it, you kind of know where this vulnerability manifests. And so for you, Nick, Chiron is in the sign of Taurus in your third house. So that means this this vulnerability manifests in your third house having to do with communication and its devices having to do with grade school and siblings or lack of siblings and what this wounding this vulnerability wants to ask you is were you devalued did you experience neglect were you bullied or conversely did you ever maybe bully anyone else that it's a wounding, a vulnerability by neglect. Is that resonating at all? Yeah, totally. Actually, uh, quite a bit, actually. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And do you want to say anything more about that? 
Um, yeah, I could feel my whole body actually tingling right now as you talk about being bullied and neglected. Um, I would say a lot of my my wounds come from being quasi physically abused as a as a kid. Okay. Kind of bu- yeah. abused is strong, but you know, being being slapped around, being thrown around, being dominated yeah. by my father, and then also uh, some emotional abuse and and bullying there. And then uh, I experienced a lot of being bullied in my younger age, a lot of being bullied in high school. Um, and I have been struggling with communication for the last year or so in the realm of being vulnerable and being authentic and really speaking uh, to the people close to me around, you know, what it is I need and what I want. So all, th- all of those are actually resonating quite a bit. Thank you for sharing that vulnerability, Nick. And the fact that you and Nitin do Conscious Conversations, this podcast, shows this is a third house thing. Podcasting is a third house uh, activity because it's communication and, and the device of the medium of podcasting. So you're actually healing. And I wonder if it's been healing to do this show, to be heard, to be seen empathetically and accurately. Yeah, so the the healing of this show has come from speaking to all our, our different experts and learning and almost being in our own therapy sessions. Nathan and I have experienced quite a bit here, um, and the ability to then share that and then uh, present that to the world. So yeah, definitely, there's been a lot of healing and a lot of uh, growth through this show for myself, big time. That's wonderful. And so to stay <laughs> on this, I just want to pull up something I highlighted. Um, you know, also your body, like safety for the body and and learning to love yourself and your body fully in ways that are not performance-based or appearance-driven. Is that something that's been a a growth Mm -hmm. edge for you or process? Like the body, your physical body and just really loving and appreciating. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, I'm big, I'm strong. I have like, I'm athletic, uh, but I struggle sometimes with um, not wanting to be touched. Not wanting to be yeah. held, not wanting to be held comes up for me quite a bit, actually. Okay. Yeah. When I think to trust your body to help you navigate that so it feels safe and nurturing versus versus something that's scary. But a healing is there when you can allow, allow that touch, that only loving hands touch my body, even mm. as a Louise Hay affirmation I'm remembering right now. I like that. That's nice. That's a nice reminder. Yeah. Yes. Nitin, shall shall I share some about your Chiron placement? Nick, just sending you a hug. Oh, Nick. thanks, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. So hug, hug you saying that I was imagining like a group of guys, you know, standing with their hands on each other's shoulders and just leaning in. So cool. Hug received. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Lisa, so let's go. Let's do it. Yes, Nitin. So for you, Chiron is in the sign of Gemini in your 11th house. And the 11th house speaks to groups, friends, and associates, as well as humanitarian causes and social justice. And this Chiron in Gemini speaks to a wounding or vulnerability and being empathetically attuned to. And you might have experienced being misunderstood or feeling like you're not being heard accurately, which could be frustrating and also a desire to to just have, be, be more empathetically understood um, in, in the groups that you spend time in with associates and friends. Is that resonating? Yeah. Um, 
I, uh, I've often found myself uh, at times, you know, repeating myself maybe or mm -hmm. resharing something from a different angle yes. for, for it to be fully like absorbed um, by others or like sometimes I'm tr trying to communicate a depth <clears throat> around an idea <clears throat> that stays at the surface. Sometimes I'm actually trying to figure out, oh, how do I take this concept thing or whatever I'm trying to tell to that third level down? Yes, because that's the that's the kind of like impact or understanding that I'm trying to create. Yes. And to try to get your message across and be heard and seen, it's really like your deepest a deep desire is to to be empathetically attuned to. And I think you enjoy creating community that way as well. Is that true? Over mm -hmm. aligned values and like deep meaning and purpose. That yeah, that so really lights <clears throat> you up. Yeah, absolutely. Um I was looking at, I had an astrological reading actually done six months or so ago. And uh, one of the things that starkly came up and came up again today and I, why I mentioned it even, you know, as a comment earlier was around family. And this notion of like an expanded family that's beyond just one's immediate, you know, parents and siblings and cousins. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely find myself um, craving for community. Yeah. And now over the last year or two, consciously starting to create community and shaping communities in a way that I would like to exist. So, yes, yeah, that's 11th certainly. house stuff. And also beware if you've ever struggled with comparing yourself to others and feeling like you're inadequate. I don't know if that was ever something in your past. Oh, yeah. Huge. Okay. It was huge. <laughs> that that's in this Chiron placement in Gemini as well. So that's a that's like a pitfall to not step into anymore because in whatever way for you to root into being right where you are meant and actually want to be, knowing everything's unfolding for you and through you, to really affirm that even when you can't see or it's it's a little murky or foggy, to just know that you don't have to compare yourself anymore yeah. to feel like you're good enough at all. Like securely attaching. I write about in this chapter too, secure attachment, that Chiron and Gemini is correlated to one's current attachment style. So this means the degree to which you've developed a secure attachment within yourself is the degree to which you feel comfortably expressing yourself in the world. Yes, I resonate a lot with that. Yeah. Like that's been part of my journey. Um, cause especially in my, like when I have looked back in my early years, you know, I, there was a time when I recognized like, oh, wow, like I really had low self-esteem for a long time. Uh, and similar, actually, it's funny, Nick, when you were mentioning, <coughs> you know, you yourself going through bullying in childhood, I had a lot of similar experiences, especially through like the middle school, through early high school time period, uh, where I dropped into a lot of that low self-esteem. And then at some point there was the recognition that I was there. And instead of, this is sometimes the flip that we talk about on, uh, in a lot of episodes we've talked about, which is instead of focusing on what I didn't want yeah, in life, I started to focus on what I do want. Yes. Yes. And that's when things started to shift. Because I was no longer just trying to avoid the self-esteem or the shame or the negative feelings. I was like, okay, I want to be confident. I want to be able to speak in front of people. I want to be able to have great conversations. I want to have great friends. And like, 
uh, you know, so as I started painting a picture of what I yes. wanted, then a different energy, a different dynamic, a different way of being started to emerge. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more to, I don't fully understand yet quite how it happened for me. I'm sure there's a lot more to unpack there. When I think, Nitin, for you, you connected, you painted the picture with the emotional connection to that new picture. And that's key. I sense you're actually feeling yourself confident, seeing yourself, feeling secure. And, and the more that we can actually have that experience in our minds as we sit, wherever we're sitting, like when that becomes more and more real and tangible, that's when life starts to shift and change because we're really bring, bringing that unseen into the scene through our emotions. It starts to live through us in a tangible way. And then we start to connect with that experience in, in the physical realm more and more and more. Yeah. And that's what I really want for people. That's why I wrote this book is to help people have the tangible physical experience of more of what they want through forgiving themselves for what hasn't happened in the way you thought, wished, et cetera, like releasing yourself of blame and judgment progressively. Cause I think forgiveness is progressive often and to really allow yourself to shine again, progressively as you can, who you really are, what you really care about and doing that first with people that it's safest to that you're closest with. And if you don't have someone like that yet, <laughs> to get with a healing professional who can help you cultivate that belief, even for yourself, as it starts to to take form and shape in your life. And, you know, your life does start to get better and better and better. Yeah. And I that's what that. I want for everyone. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just a reflection for Nathan, something interesting that happened at our relationship is we've known each other, what, four or five years, probably going on something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. it took, took us knowing each other for a couple of years, took us going through a men's group together for, for Nathan to finally tell us all that his name isn't Nitin, that his name is Nathan. And I, I remember that about ah. you. It's like, it took you a long time <laughs> to say, Hey guys, actually, um, no one's saying my name correctly. You haven't listened. You haven't heard me. It was like a two year process. Uh, for you to say, no, it's actually Nithin. Uh, Nithin. Yeah. So, and notice, Lucy, he didn't do that with you either, right? So it's. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. I want to pronounce your name correctly. It's your name. Thank Nithin. you. Yes. So part of the reason I started putting it in my Zoom title, because I'm like, I don't have to tell anyone. They'll just read it eventually. Uh, but I'm kind of, I'm also okay with either. Yeah. I do, I do tell people, you know, I, I'll tell people at times, but I've also just, I don't know. I've kind of heard it both ways for a long time. So I'm like, right. Well, you're not attached. I like that. You're yeah. not attached to it, like pulling you out of your alignment through a mispronunciation, which is great. Like yeah. you're unconditional in your mood, in your emotions. And that's a, that's a healthy thing. Yeah. It, but it seems what I've noticed is you are unconditional with it now after bringing it up and working through it. Cause right. right. When you, when you said that you weren't, it was like, no guys, hold on. I'm not being heard, you know, so that was, that's yeah. kind of a cool. That was, that was see. definitely a stage. Cause it was, you know, I think uh, this actually came up in my, I'm, I'm curious, Lisa, if this relates to the way you look at the Chiron reading as well. Cause one of the other things that came up for me in the astrological reading was the last, whatever, nine years having been like a, a very rebellious period for me. Yeah. Like where the fire of my being was starting to, come up and be unraveled and i witnessed that and part of what nick just described was that bit of like okay i've got to come into expression 
And what do I really want? What do I really care about? What do I stand for? Yes. And all of those things coming to fruition. And, you know, actually even just the, the coaching work I went through with Nick was part of that, discovering that expression and mm -hmm. fully living into it. And that's definitely 11th house stuff where your Chiron is like even non-traditional methods and ways and really thinking outside of the box. And that's in alignment <laughs> with Chiron being in your 11th house. And also, I want to put this out here and ask you both what you think about this. So the one part about when I received my book, the, the topic of Chiron through meditation, uh, say at this point, six years ago, and starting to research Chiron, what is Chiron? Why is this coming up in my meditation so much? And the astrology component of Chiron. Besides, he was a the Greek centaur of healing, and Chiron is actually a minor planet and comet that orbits Saturn and Uranus in our solar system, developed by an astronomer in 1977, and then this astrological placement. And I struggled a bit with astrology as a diagnostic component in my work because um, I, I've always had a hard time with something prescribed to me like oh this is who you are lisa this map of the stars and i had this huge download in the past several years where no i wrote my chart and you wrote yours we wrote this we architect architected our lives including our birth chart and because of that we can learn our propensities our strengths our vulnerabilities and grow and change our lives because of that nothing it's not fixed and told to us, this is who you are. We created our, we wanted to be this and we can change it up. And I wonder, wonder how you both feel about that. This is bringing up some, uh, you know, some, some things we've maybe talked about offhand, which is like, we've, the more of these, we've heard these things of like, oh yeah. And you know, there's the belief that a soul chooses for its own progression and evolution what family they're born into and circumstances they would like to be born into to go through a certain growth mm -hmm. and evolution of their selves. And it seems like that's what you're pointing to, Lisa, is almost yes. like these charts were architected for that same purpose, like by us, by us for our own growth. Is, is that so I'm yes. understanding that correctly? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and there's and there's a, a similar philosophy in the thing that we've studied actually through yoga. It's called Samkhya philosophy. And Lisa, I don't know if you're familiar with Samkhya philosophy not you, but you've already mentioned a lot of it which i think is very interesting right around um a remembrance of all these things and it yes. is that you know there's god and we can't label we can't name god and once we do we've we've stepped out of it and then from there there is the seen and the unseen then in samkhya they would call that purusha and prakriti right mm -hmm. purusha being the unmanifested world everything that lives there and then prakriti being the manifested world and the second we have a thought then it moves into prakriti it moves it, it moves into the manifested world yes. once it's a thought and then from there, then there's the, um, I don't want to say this incorrectly. I believe it's the, um, oh, I'm blanking. Anyways, but then it's, you have, a, in essence, a contract between you and God. You say, okay, here's this idea of Nick. Here's this idea of Nathan. Here's this idea of, of Lisa. And what are all these aspects? And then that aspect of you drops down into then what's the aham car, which is in the ego or like that, that man, that these pieces of each other. And when you look at that, you go, <coughs> oh, actually manifested my reality through this contract, this relationship with, with God to come down. And at least it's interesting as you were talking about the, the aspect of me being bullied is I've actually had this sense of this feeling 
and I kind of forgot about it until you mentioned it, that I made myself. So I'm, I'm six, seven, about 240 pounds, just okay. to get an idea of how big I am. And yeah. I've had this thought of, oh, I actually made myself this big mm. so that I would be safe. I've made myself this big so that I would yes. be pr protected. And it's interesting you're bringing up this aspect of my myself that signed up to be bullied. And a lot of my being bullied as a kid was around being so big, mm. being, you know, being picked on by older people or older, even older adults that would, you know, think I was 25 and I was 15, you know, so stuff like that. So I think, oh man, did I make myself this large to protect myself and also to protect others? And, and I've gotten that sense a lot. Yes. That that is part of the contract I've made. And I've also really consciously used my size to not uh, hurt other people, to not, yes. to not, to not bully other people and to be a really safe place for other people, um, which is interesting. And my last name, Paladino even means to be a spiritual warrior. So there's, wow. there's interesting Paladino things. King. Yeah. And I, so yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting stuff there. When we look at all of these pieces through these bigger lenses, I like to, I think they're lenses for me personally. Yeah. Right. It's a tool. How can it I is. now take what you just told me and then use it as a tool? It doesn't necessarily have to be the end all be all for me. Same with being a Gemini, same with being a man, same with being a yoga teacher. Like they don't have to be boxes. They can be tools that I then use and we all use to understand ourselves. I see them as aspects. Yeah. That's as if we're a diamond. Nice we have all these aspects. Some are more polished than others. And I think as we have more conscious awareness over our different aspects, and I think through even loving those, those shady parts, those shadow parts and asking, what do you really need here to, to be healed, to be heard, to be seen? I think we start to really uh, more cohesively accept ourselves and be our fullness. And we can accept others, I think, more easily as well. And I think that's where we start to feel great confidence in, in life being here for us and things unfolding and how we want to use who we are to be in this world beyond just basic needs being met, how to really, um, what is my passion for being here? My meaning, I believe we get to choose that and it can change as we grow and develop and such. And that to me is just really exciting about life. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you're talking, Lisa, I'm wondering, okay, now that we have awareness around these core wounds, around these houses, how do we now transform them? What is, what do we do with the information that you just gave us? <laughs> well, I think both of you have been transforming and healing these er the respective areas of vulnerability and, and wounding for each of you through your own practices um, <laughs> and your own methods and routines and such. So I would say, keep doing everything you're doing. And when you experience a, a low point or a trigger, which I call in my book, an unhealed energetic attachment that sometime we all encounter as an emotional, Ooh, like, ouch, I didn't know that still got to me to really be gentle. And that's where the self-forgiveness, Hey, it's okay. Like I'm, I'm, there's still some vulnerability here and it's presenting to be healed. And I think that's a good thing. When our wounds kind of expose themselves to us, we're ready to look at them and to heal them. And I think doing that through a lot of empathy, we do truly feel confident and com confidence in ourselves and our ability to, to navigate life and understand more of what we're here for and how good, how good can it get and be. I love what you said there. Um, 
that it's presenting itself to be healed. Yeah. That really stuck with me. I was like, oh. Thank you. It is. And I like that you said we're already doing this through our work. And now it's like, oh, now we now I almost have this sense of like, oh yeah, now I can see what we've been doing right now. Yeah. That you've dropped it in. It's like, oh, we've it's not like this is new to us. No. Like this isn't actually something we're not <laughs> familiar with working through. We're actually Nathan and I are both experts in healing these aspects of ourselves because we've been doing yes. it for our whole lives. So it's like, oh, actually, like got way more skin in the game, way more uh repetition exactly. on this. So now it's like uh, we're not starting from new. We're just starting from like more awareness as of this moment. That's really cool. I like that insight a lot. Yeah. And I can see you. It's like, oh, like it fills you with this fullness mm -hmm. and a really good feeling. Yes. To that. Like, and I've got this, we've got this. Yeah, we do. We do. Then as you were talking earlier, there's, there's a piece I love and you're saying, you know, we're not broken. There's nothing wrong with us. I would love no. to see that message out there more of like, we're all perfect and we've forgotten and there's right. a there's a remembrance there it's like you're not broken you don't need to be fixed we're all we're all perfect and there's a remembrance that we've designed our lives perfectly for us all to learn and grow through and if you can get to that place it's like then i can change myself through love not through <laughs> um being less than right i don't right. need to i don't need to hate myself to change myself i can say wow there's this piece of me that i want to change but i love who i am i love this aspect and how do i move forward with it and and bring it more into light. Now that to me helps me remember that everything is unfolding for us, like you said, not, it is. not to us. And, and, and I think sometimes yeah. I was gonna say sometimes, you know, it's so difficult though at times because you feel shame and guilt and you know, all these very complex, deep, dark emotions mm -hmm. that it's hard to move beyond that. And that's exactly the one of the reasons, you know, Nick and I started this podcast was like, okay. We can be vulnerable with each other. We might as well take that vulnerability and share it with others and help <laughs> others see and know and feel that, that they okay. can move beyond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of yes. these aspects and things that may be coming up in their lives. And that's why I love so much about what you just said, Lisa, you know, about that these things are presenting themselves to be healed because I, you know, I do this work. I help clients go deep into their emotions and create yes. the space for processing to occur. But I think that framework or perspective to say, wow, not only, yes, it may be uncomfortable, uh, but seeing that as an opportunity, as a gift that's meant for our path ahead to help yes. us unfold into our path ahead well, wow, that changes things that changes your relationship to now wanting to listen and wanting to hear and wanting to work with whatever's coming up. Absolutely. That was so well put, Nathan. I couldn't say it better. And I think my book centers on taking personal responsibility. And, and that's what I hear you saying as well, that once we see an area of wounding or vulnerability, then it's for us to learn the habits and invest in the practices to change the patterns of thought that have sort we source beliefs from and we've taken action from maybe a, a trauma past that that okay we want to heal through and beyond to not be so afraid for instance and maybe for those of you listening who your wounds have caused you to wound others that it's time to put that down and start to show up differently in your life to to help others as well as yourself to, you know, we really become accountable for our healing and who we are. And to me, that's exciting that we have that power 
and choice to heal and to change. It's incredible. I really love the, I really love this piece we've all brought in of healing doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be dark. It can be actually through a very loving lens of this is okay. And how do we move forward? I just like the lightness that all three of us are, Thank you. are yeah, bringing to healing. Um, cause a lot of times it can be so <laughs> dark and negative and, and just painful. Fearful. It doesn't yeah. have to, it doesn't have to be. Right. And there might be those be. moments, there might be those moments, but that's, that's less of the truth and reality as far as when you you're really opening yourself to unconditional love mm-hmm. and to learn to, to source that from within yourself and need it less from others. Cause sure. It feels awesome when somebody loves us, beams their love on us. It's the best feeling yet. We can do that every day consistently and constantly for ourselves. So in its absence, we don't feel so, so sad or so unseen or heard. It's really connecting to that source always. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, I know that psychedelic therapy is growing, you know, ketamine, MDMA, psilocybin, and something that I'd like to just to share and put out there is that what those chemicals, what those medicines are doing is they're allowing us to, they're helping us get into the space that three of us are in right now. Yeah. So I hope what we're modeling to people listening is that you actually don't need these tools. You don't need these medicines to get into these spaces. Now we've all done a lot of work around it, Right. But a really cool example of the three of us are in a non-judgmental safe space right now yes. where we're fully open and vulnerable. And I've used those techniques in the past, but in this moment with you guys, I don't need it. And that's really right. cool. And I want to make sure people hear like, that's what those tools are helping us get to are yes. these unconditional spaces with ourselves. So then we can go, oh, here's this dark aspect of myself. I love it. Okay. Let's, let's bring it to the light and let's move forward. So I, I, I really like exactly. how we're bringing so much love to all this conversation around healing. Very well said. And it's the same thing that people can do by, you know, even working with a coach. And I know, Mm -hmm. Lisa, what you've created for both Nick and I today, uh, you know, you, I know you have an offer to share with our audience how they can even work with you if they choose to, Um, if they, if the audience and, you know, folks that are listening, they saw that what we just went through and the realization that we just had for our, you know, paths and, and wounds and how to unfold them. Um, Lisa, do you want to share, um, an offer that you have for our audience? <laughs> I'd love to, Nitin. And I'd love for anyone listening, watching that this is resonating with, you're curious to know more. I want to offer you half off an individual 45-minute session, which is usually $190. So half off of that, $95, by emailing me and just mentioning Nick, Nitin, the show, and we will set that up through Zoom. Great. Awesome. And what's the what's the best way for our for our folks or listeners to to get in touch with you and to reach out? To my email is Lisa L I S A at nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. And I'm at Nola Therapy on Instagram. You can DM me and just mention the show, you guys, and I'm happy to set that up with you all. And I'll go find Chiron in your chart and prepare, meditate over kind of what needs to come through for you. Well, great, great. And we'll, we'll put that all in the show notes and we'll have that in there so people can get in touch with you. Thank uh, you. Lisa, Lisa, any last thoughts or any last insights you want to share before we sign off? You know, what What feels so strong and up for me is really wanting you listening, watching to know just how important you are, how valuable you are. I think in our culture that gets, um, it's it's not highlighted enough, just your value and your worth and whatever you're doing, 
that it has meaning and to try to connect with that more in your own heart space and see what that does for your mood. Hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Everyone listening, you are in matter, therefore you matter. Remember that. I like that. Uh, Lisa, thanks so much for joining. Nithin, thanks so much for being here, allowing us to dive in to be vulnerable. Uh, for anyone listening, watching, be sure to subscribe to our channel. If there was something that you felt really moved you today or something that you think is going to help someone you know grow, develop more consciousness, work through healing, please share this with them. As always, we don't advertise for the show. There's no monetary involvement for us. This is simply something we do with our guests to help raise the consciousness and the frequency of the, of the planet. So if it resonated, please like it, please share it, help someone else uh, who you think could use this. So thank you everyone for being listening. And Lisa, thanks so much for being a part of our show. Thank you. A pleasure and honor. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. If you want any more information about our guests today, uh, about any of the sessions or, or offerings that were presented, uh, as well as about myself, Nitin, or Nick here, you can find all the links to our websites and uh, how to get in touch with us through the episode notes. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you heard, share it with friends and family, spread the love, spread the collective consciousness, and help us raise the consciousness as a whole.